Welcome back to Ghostly Talk. This is Scott L. This is Amber. Can we say happy Halloween? Yet? Not yet. No, too soon. Too, too soon. Too soon. Are we jinxing ourselves? Yeah, you can't do it yet. That we're Christmas still gonna... in the air. No, can... no, no. Gross. Ugh, don't say that. I like There's... the Christmas in the air. I thought you said Christmas in the air. I didn't say Christmas in the air. Oh, I, I thought crisp-ness. you said Christmas. Crispness. Crisp. Yeah, no. Ness. Stop. <laughs> Griff. Um, Do not You're making someone seek with headphones on. Treasure. Okay. Uh, no, I thought Do that's what you said. So, not. no, we're still going to get like, what I think, I don't know, I saw it on the weather that we're still going to get like an 80 degree day here. And I could deal with 80 degrees. Sunny. Actually, this past Detroit. Saturday was pretty warm. No, it was very warm. Um, Actually, today I thought was warm when I was today driving Today wasn't home. warm at all. It was, it was not chilly, but uh, it was maybe comfortable. Maybe because my car was hot. Anyway, um... <laughs> no, it's it's that fall. I mean, you're starting to see Halloween stuff in the store, which is always fun. Yeah, I was at the Harbor store the other day, and they had the entire rows of all the. Ooh, I am a monster! Yeah, stupid stuff. Unfortunately, most of that stuff I don't like. Ooh, I am a monster! Yeah, it's ir- it's irritating. Like, I, ooh, I am a monster! Behind me! Behind me! Okay, <laughs> which is I, what it does. It just I know, repeats I know. itself over and over. I have this thing behind me that is like a looks like a. Like a person with a yeah. The thing is, why, why is that thing hanging from the ceiling? Just because why not? You gotta really clean this studio up. It's the biggest thing. Oh, it's right so now. dirty. Yeah, right. No, it's stuff fine. We, anyway, stuff. but this thing glows and it looks badass when it's on. It is pretty. But when looking. you walk by it, it doesn't stay on, and then it turns on and makes this annoying. What does it do? Let me grab it. Hold on. Oh God! Does it's, it even have batteries in yeah, it? Yeah, there's batteries. You got to pull it out of the ceiling. Yeah. This is gonna end badly. No, it's this is going to end. No. Uh, this is the kind of quality. No. Come on. Quality producing we do no. here on the show. Yeah, Amber, this is going to. I'm going to take a ceiling panel out. You're going to take. Oh, my God. Hold on. Let me just turn it just on. Just turn it on. At the mics will probably pick it up. Okay. Okay. You could probably hear that. We can, right? we can pump it up in the. In the I don't final. even know what it. I don't even know what it says. But and then it turns off. We'll do it again. It turns off right away. Here. Oh my god, that's annoying. Strange. Yeah, because it looks. Re- it actually looks pretty. Come freaky. out at Halloween like me. <laughs> well, we should, maybe we should take a picture of that for the show too. Well, whatever. So it, it just, I want it on. I don't want the stupid, half the ceiling repetitive, dumb vocalization that comes with it. And that's like the majority of stupid Halloween stuff out there. Well, it's because it's cheap. These things are cool. Like we got these things that will tell you stuff. Like we got this, this last year. Um, like if you have a question right now, ask a question of this wheel of death. Can I have some more lasagna that we had earlier? Because it was really tasty. Should Scott have more lasagna is the question. Okay, and it lights up. An eyeball lights up. Your assumptions are wrong. It, you shouldn't do it. So I don't get any. You shouldn't do it. It's not going to be smart. It's not going to be good. Probably, so this is, this is fun. This is fun. But yeah, I don't know. Halloween props and stuff could be better. Uh, I don't know. I go to places like Michaels and Home Goods, and sometimes you can find the occasional actual decent, cool, creepy looking thing. But well, it's a time of year. It yeah, is. You know, I don't do a lot of Halloween shopping anymore, but I like the I, time of year. I have so just, much Halloween stuff. It, we we say it every year. We probably I, I put out it. the Halloween tree. I saw that. Well, you got you got it. I got a, I up. got the tree. I don't have the decorations on it, but every so year. I don't know if anybody's ever seen the Halloween. The, the listeners here of the show have ever seen the Halloween tree. Uh, we should 
should feature that one day on the feature face. Feature it on social uh, media. On social media. Mm-hmm. Yeah, on social media. Well, it's just. We're going to put it on our Instagram page. It's a small. It influenced you to buy one, too. Oh, God. It's a small. We're social media influence. Oh, God. It's a small, like, three-foot tree. Well, and don't describe it. We'll just Orange tinsel. And I have a bunch of glass-blown Halloween ornaments for it. And they're, they're really pretty. Over the years, people have sent me some stuff, too. Like yeah, cool um, stuff. our friend Renee last year from Troy Taylor's conference uh, just randomly saw my tree because I had posted a picture of it. And next thing I know, I'm getting a mail. I'm getting a mail. You're getting a mail? I'm getting a mail. You're getting the mail. Uh, and anyway, she sent me some cool ornaments. And I was like, aw. I'm running out of space, though, on it. I'm going to have to get a bigger one. Or I have to get two of them. But yeah. then I just leave that up for the holiday season. Like last year, I took yeah, it, it down. It basically, made it to Christmas. And like about no, a week or I two took, before Christmas. I know I took it down for before that. I thought I was going to put up our actual tree. Tree, but it's too like twelve times the size. Big, of that little and we week. don't have any room anymore. For well, we just it. spray paint it green. No, never. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, I'm kidding. it's cool. It's a cool tree, though. We just got if we want to put up a regular. You know, Christmas tree. We should just do like, buy, a get bigger, a, buy a bigger house. No, just get a taller, like a skinnier one. Well, at the fu- no, or buy a bigger house. One of the two, because I think I'm not going to buy a bigger house just to fit a Christmas tree. I could think of like that's the best reason I could think of. No, right it's now. to fit more books in. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. More amplifiers, more records. More. Well, cards. there you go. So we both collect everything in the world. But no, um, this time of year is always fun. I mean, I think yeah. everybody out there who listens to this show or. Has listened Halloween to the show. nerds. Yeah, you, you, you're nerds for this you know time what? of year. Maybe you get older. Maybe you get older and you don't. You're not as active anymore. But I think you still get that, 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 just that uh, primitive feeling every year that you get in your bones and your gut. What you're like, do oh, people man, that awesome. don't live in states that get four seasons? How did they experience a shift in the season? Because I know for us, signifiers are always weather related. And if you live in Florida. Is it just like, oh, it's 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 fifth twenty degrees cooler today. I feel that fall air in. Like I know or it does just, cool off in year. Florida. For us it really is the, the But weather, it the really weather the weather really shifts because we get things like, you know, the leaves change. Fall and, and autumn. Snow. Fall or autumn? Fall. We discussed this on the show already. Yeah. Fall or autumn. <laughs> interchangeable. They're interchangeable. <laughs> so uh speaking of the show. Yeah. Uh, we had our dear friend, the brilliant Max Lictor on the show, who is the curator of the Pyramid Gallery, which is uh, has a long history with Ghostly Talk, a hilarious history, too. You can go back and listen to our previous shows we've had with Max. Uh, we just Especially wanted, if you're a Hellraiser fan. If, yeah, if you're a Hellraiser fan, this is, this is where you want to talk to him. We talked to him in the old days. We just talked to him about a year ago also, and he came back tonight. And we talked a bit of Hellraiser again, because it's always fun to talk about Hellraiser. It's one of my, if not my favorite horror franchise of all time. But we got into some ghost stuff, too, some yeah. ghost stories, which is always fun for this time of year. Yeah. The good old ghost story from Max Lictor. Enjoy. So as soon as September 1st, like, hits, 
Well, I mean, it was maybe like about a week or so ago here in Michigan. Um, the weather has drastically changed. And for us here in Michigan, I know other parts of the United States, it's a different scene. But here in Michigan, we hit about September-ish. Usually, well, most people, start, they start celebrating Halloween like in July, it seems like now. People are just so excited about it. Uh, but September hits here, and the weather starts changing, which it has. It's cooled down a bit here. The weather's getting more mild, and that means here that that means fall's coming. Or is it autumn or fall? I mean, I, I, either or. I, it, okay, so let's get that clear here because that's a, that's a mystery I've had for a lot of years of, of living in Michigan because there has been these two terms, fall or autumn. And according to you, Amber, and you are like my oracle when it comes to most things, um, that's they're interchangeable terms, right? So you can say fall or autumn. And it don't matter, right? I guess. I'm going to look this up now. Yeah, we better Google this one because this could this could really screw us up down the road. Aside from autumn being my little nieces. No, 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 no. Autumn and fall are used interchangeably as words for the season between summer and winter. Okay. So, That's from Merriam-Webster. Okay, so then fall and autumn are interchangeable the terms. They're, yeah, they're the, the same, same thing. thing. Why do they have to have two terms then? That's stupid. I don't know. Fall, autumn. I don't because know. Everything, everything turns autumn. I don't know. Bullshit. All right, whatever. <laughs> but regardless, this is the time of year where things start to change. The, the, the seasons change here, at least in Michigan. Overnight. Yeah, this year it was overnight. You, you it, go it from like aggressive. 90 and humid to... Well, nothing's going to surprise us about this year at this point. 55. Nothing, nothing, that didn't phase me. Like you're it, immediately chilled. If this, if this, uh, no, I see. That's what feels... I felt, no, I'm, this I'm year was, happy about this. This year it was so hot that the first cool day I was like... Oh, this actually feels kind of good. Yeah, this feels nice. But this means that the Halloween's coming, right? The Halloween. The Hall that, that came out. <laughs> I sound like Larry King. The Halloween. The YouTube. Uh, <laughs> the Halloween's coming here in America, people. Uh, so, no, Halloween's coming, and we're very excited. And Well, and this Halloween's going to be different for everybody. It's going to be very, very different. Uh, yeah. The kids I'm can't sure go trick-or-treating. Even though trick-or-treating has been changing through the... Through the years. It's getting lamer and lamer we, every year. We've discussed this on previous episodes around this time because now a lot of people do trunk or treat. Which I think is kind of cool, too. It's cool. It's not this. I understand it's safer and it can be with your church or your community or some other group, but it's yeah. not the same as like, like doing the militant thing, going through the neighborhood, mapping it out. There's a structure to it. There's a plan. As much candy as possible. And by the end yeah. of the night, you think with the, the bag with the smart, holding the bag is a workout. The smartphones, you could set up a Google Map program thing on there, a route, and just have your phone in front of you and do it like you play Pokemon or well, something like that. Except you're getting real candy, right? So I think you could still. Well, I don't know. Whatever. I know that they're not going to. A lot of places aren't going to do Halloween this year because it's just they don't want a bunch of people gathering. But I would think that you could, you know, do put, something. Put your candy aside for you know quarantine your candy. But who? who what kid's going to be like, okay, I'm good with letting my candy sit there for four days. I won't touch it. Yeah, right. No, no, you're, you're snorting that stuff like cocaine. You're, yeah, you, you, got the, you got the yeah. smarties already ground up. Yeah, you're ground. That's just, no, the COVID risk is worth it. Yeah, but Halloween comes and I get excited. I And one of the things that always, one of my yearly rituals uh, that I always do is I always go through the Hellraiser series, right? It's arguably my favorite uh, horror franchise. Uh, I've had a lot of years with it. And one of my favorite people, whenever I think of Hellraiser, I think about that universe and that world is a gentleman named Max Lictor, who is on the phone. Max, hi. Thanks for joining us again, Max. How are you, man? 
I'm great. It's great to be back with you guys. Yeah, it's good to talk to you, man. And yeah, and that's true. Like every year, I always, you know, there's been a there's been a handful of years that we haven't talked, right? Uh, but sure. there's but every year that comes around, it don't matter whether we talk or not. Whenever this time of year starts happening, you're one of the people that pops in my mind because we got some interesting hi- history together, um, <clears throat> and that's it, well documented on this show. Well, do do a little brief rundown for anybody new to the show and maybe they haven't listened in the past. Well, I mean, I, and I will give the okay. I'll give the I'll give the brief. I'm gonna yeah. give a very brief seven inch Max one hundred one. Yeah, no no LP version. <laughs> very brief seven inch version. Um, well, Max Lictor is the owner of the Pyramid Gallery, which you can, which you can go to at pyramid gallery dot com. Um, where, and this was two thousand four, I think. Max, we'll keep this very brief because this is uh, we talked about this a few I'm times. looking at it right now. It's, uh, it was June two thousand five. 2005 when we had you on the first time yeah yeah back Mm -hmm. in the old days um i'll keep this very brief i was this was a time that was a time in my life when hellraiser kind of ruled everything that was like everything i was a nerd at the time it was one of those things and i'm sure you've done this too max where you just deep dive deep dive deep dive right oh yeah that's that's my story yeah yeah and that's what i was doing with hellraiser at the time and that's when I come across this website called pyramid-gallery.com. And if you're a fan of the Hellraiser series like we are, we're all familiar with the box, the lament configuration, right? And I come across this website. And again, this is the 7-inch version. I'm keeping it very, very simple, very quick. Uh, and I start reading all this stuff on this website. And I'm like, my God, I got the impression. I'm like, wow, this is all based on real stuff. I didn't know that the box was something based on real history and things like that. So I got all excited <laughs> and I start and I sent an email to the curator at pyramidgallery.com. I think that was the email address Cur- curator at pyramidgallery.com. Um, mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh my God, this is the coolest thing ever. I can't wait to hopefully this, this person gets back to me. And not too long after I just start looking up stuff from the website and I'm like, boy, none of these sources are making any sense. What's going on here. And not too long <laughs> after that and this is well after I pushed the send button on that email, I realized that Pyramid Gallery, pyramid gallery.com, the Pyramid Gallery, was um basically a really, really awesome fan site, right? That that pulled me in hook, line, and sinker. To, and to this day, it's a story I love to tell people uh, about about your website, Max, because it cracks me up still to this day. That you got me, man. You totally got me. Um and but it was great because you did get back to me and I, I think I sent you another email and said I am really embarrassed here. I thought this was a real thing going on here, but obviously <laughs> it's fan fiction, right? Uh, but you were I know, we we went back and forth and we're like, well, we got some stuff we can talk about here. This is super cool. We're into all kinds of crazy stuff. So let's do this thing. And, and the rest is really history with us. Um, it's been it's you know we've had we've had a lot of great times together here on the show and I'm glad that mistake happened. I'm glad I I, I fouled up like that because we've been able to do this stuff and it's it's super cool. Well, no, and, you know the thing is that you got the full experience. It was my intention to kind of mislead people in that way to experience the site and to question history and to to follow sources and to do all that. So yeah. I, you got the full experience. So you're like, you know, the feather of my cap as far as uh, someone who's discovered the site in that way. Yeah. So yeah. I, I love that. Not only, not only uh, did you find the site, but you also had a, a, a forum in which to tell other people about your experience. So that it's, it's, it's just, it's amazing. So yeah. It's really yeah. Cool. I, and I mean that it's one of my it's one of my favorite stories to tell people when it comes time around for Halloween or if heaven forbid if I'm in a I'm in a I'm in a 
conversation with people and Hellraiser comes up, I'm like, oh, man, I have the story to tell you, the whole story, right? Uh, and, yeah, so, but this time around, like I said, this is when I, I, I love to dive back into the Hellraiser series. And I know we had you on about a year ago, and I'm pretty sure we did kind of do some deep diving into the series itself. So we don't need to kill ourselves with that again here. But, yeah, you know, we, before we, we did go, um, we started recording here, uh, Amber mentioned that a second ago. Uh, she's like, well, aren't they doing a remake? And, I mean, we both are on the same page, Max. We, we both have been, at least, at least myself, I know, for me, it, I just look it up, and I look it up here and there, and it just seems like, well, it's in production or it's not in production. And I've just kind of given up on that. Have you heard anything yourself either, Max, or is, are you in the same boat that I am? Well, it's, it's, it's over the years, there's been so much talk um, about remakes and uh, and things like that. So, I you know, you get excited and then nothing happens. Or if they do put out like a sequel, it's been, they're not as great as those first two films. And in, in my estimation, as far as what I enjoy about Hellraiser. And uh, so I, I don't really follow too much. I've, I've, I've kind of lost the, um, you know, the will to, to follow. Uh, the, so have I. Yeah. 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 I'm, yeah. I'm with you. So, so anyway, I, I mean, although, I mean, like I said earlier, the, uh, there's so much great horror being put out now through streaming services and, and different like HBO max and things like that, you know? Uh, uh, so I, I really do kind of look forward to seeing a new take. I mean, I'm looking forward to this new take on Candyman that's coming out. And so, yeah, yeah. um, maybe something could happen with Hellraiser, but, uh, yeah, actually, and, well, Amber and also, you know, it's so tied in with the Weinstein stuff, you know, Weinstein's, uh, uh kind of basically, uh, had the rights to Hellraiser and they held on to them. They they put out crappy um, sequels just to keep the, t the keep the uh, copyright. You know. Yeah, yeah. So they 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 put out a, a crappy sequel like every couple of years, and you know. So uh, so now that the end of the wine scenes, uh, basically, it's going to be interesting to see what happens to the you know to the copyright and, and who's going to retain it and, and yeah. maybe it, develop something great with it. It so, looks like HBO has it. Yeah, no, Amber Amber was and, jumping up and down here uh, because oh wow. Well, this shows you the upfront stuff that we do before we study before the show. We really do our we're doing the research during the show. Yeah, well, <laughs> well I'm just I just looked this up and I was like, oh, because I, I thought I had heard something about Hellraiser becoming which, a series. Which article are you looking at right now, Amber? Uh, it's on Den of Geek. Den of Geek. Just fitting. Well, I'm looking at the Collider. Oh, okay, yeah. I'm looking at the Collider article. Uh, well, anyway, TV series or well, television series, or whatever for uh, HBO, and I think that's the way to go. There's so, you know, you can only do so much with a movie that's an hour and a half, two hours long. But now with, with it's, it's kind of like the TV series has become the, the equivalent of the podcast with this long form uh, discussion. You know, you can do this now with, with a slower burn with TV shows and, and really yeah. develop a storyline and get to know the characters. They're just not on screen, you know, briefly. Um, I, I, I think with being HBO, you're going to have a little money dumped into, uh, you know, probably some special effects. And I, I know with Hellraiser, it's always been a big, uh, more based on makeup and props. And I don't think there's been a lot of CGI. At least I know not in the early Hellraiser movies. It was it was makeup and and gore. Right. Well, that's what that's what's kind of made. That's what made. And Max, I'm sure we agree on this. That's what made those original one especially, and two. I'll put that in the same boat. Uh, made them so special. It was it was all. You had a couple of uh, of what I call very primitive CGI elements that did look like primitive CGI elements, but generally it was all practical effects. Right. 
and what? Yeah. So what? Go ahead. I was going to say the one well, of the. I was going to say the the, uh, the those first two movies is just it's not even just the the effects themselves, just the way they were used and the way the stories were told, and also the main element is, is having Clyde Barker uh, as the the mind behind it. Who you know, it's it, his his take on horror was was so novel at the time when he uh, first appeared on the scene with Hellraiser. You know, so it was like it was like a. a, a I was always a fan of like Hammer Horror as a kid, you know, and and, and TV series like Night Gallery. And yeah, oh like yeah, that. yeah. And uh, so when Clyde Barker came on the scene, it was like a revival of all that stuff I loved as being a kid, but with a whole new take, you know. So that's that's kind of the, one of the key elements for me for Hellraiser is having Barker involved with it, and not just involved, but actually, uh, you know. Uh, just his 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 kind of bizarre take on uh on horror you know well yeah i mean and i'm sure we've said this together before and i'll keep saying this there there will never no one will ever be able to think that up in my opinion something that'll ever match what i would consider the mystery and the mystique and the power of the cenobites as far as how they affect your mind i mean the first the first thing you get is the visual element how horrifying these creatures are and I've always said that Pinhead, and I think a lot of that had to do with with, with Doug Bradley too. Uh, I think you know Pinhead also was a beautiful poet at the same time, and that's what made that yeah. made Pinhead especially that. Now, of course, the in the book it's a different story, but in on film, Pinhead is this this poet warrior in my opinion, uh, who is horrifying looking, but says some really beautiful, if not horrifying, lines too. But very elegant, I would say, very elegant, right? And that's what yes. I think yeah. makes the Cenobites so different is they're 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 horrifying creatures but there's a certain elegance about them though too that i've never seen in any type of other like what i should just call horror monster generally just some horrifying thing but these are the hell the 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 cenobites were creatures that actually were very intelligent i think they had they were they were thinking creatures they weren't just ravenous beasts running around killing at will right i mean right, that, it's like a like a hidden philosophy behind them that you know it's you don't even really need to know much about it if you know there's a mystery brewing behind them and their creation. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that leads, uh, you know, to a lot of possibilities as far as uh, your imagination is concerned with with these, them as creatures. You know. Yeah, and I mean now, and you you mentioned that, and I know we've I think we've we've talked about it. We, I know we've talked about it in the past. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna offer a counterpoint though because you're right. There were. I mean, compared to like one, and I'll even put two in the same the, the same the same class, I guess is one. I mean, you'll never do one again. Yeah, one they're, really... they're like bookends to me. So yeah, I mean, I, I can't watch one without watching the second one. So it's like one big tale to me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but honestly, myself though, um, if they would have stopped at one and left it at that and let my imagination deal with everything after that, I'd have been cool with that though too. Don't be wrong. I love two because I mean, I think two. In my opinion, as far as like you know, I, I mean, I mean, let's say larger budget horror films, uh, Hellraiser Two has to be one of the bloodiest things I've ever seen. It was a complete yeah. bloodbath. <laughs> it was. What was the episode? Because when I was little, and there were certain things that stuck in your mind. There wasn't. A, they're not episodes. They're movies, Amber. Well, okay, whatever. I was just thinking about the TV series. So <laughs> anyway, what movie was it where there's just this like? guy that's like been turned inside out and he's gross and he's like a muscle 
And it's I think that's the first movie, right? That's uh, he's talking uh, about Uncle, Uncle, Frank. Uncle Frank. Yeah, yeah, Uncle okay. Frank. Yeah, that like as a kid, Come that just daddy. stuck in my head, and I was like, no. I was like, I don't need to rewatch this again. Well, yeah, and that's what that, and really, that's what sets those. You know, again, we, we, that just proves the point right there. I think that's what sets the Hellraiser series apart from a lot of these other horror series. Is that there is some stuff that there was that was shot and put on on screen that you really just can't get out of your head. <laughs> you know, there's just so many elements uh, of, of, of I'll say one and two especially that I really just can't get out of my head after seeing that stuff. You'll, you'll never unlearn that. I mean, even just great little lines, like when Dr. Chenard comes out of his first phase of transmission, uh, tr- I'm sorry, transformation in Hellraiser 2, and he walks out and just says, oh, just that beautiful little line, it says just, and to think, I hesitated. <laughs> and yeah, then, yeah. And then, and then, he, then he got turned into a real maniac, right, as we know. But, I mean, there's just these little elements that just don't leave you. They're visual things that don't leave you. Uh, but, I, but going along with that, though, I mean, yeah, I, I, I have already said that I, mean, I could have lived without two, even though two is – is there and I really love to. It's fantastic. I mean, Imogen Borman, I fell in love with her because of that movie. And, you know, I was obsessed with her when I was a little kid, like, oh, she's the cutest chick ever, right? Uh, but <laughs> going down the road, though, I mean, three, we, we know it had its things. And again, I don't want to go into a whole debate over what's our favorite hell, her, favorite Hellraiser film. But I always point out um, there was part, f- uh, yeah, because, yeah, part four was, uh, was uh, oh my God, I'm not, Bloodline. Part four was Bloodline, which I enjoyed. Right. I enjoyed. Uh, there's a couple of different cuts out there that are longer than the the theatrical version. The theatrical version was very short, very very disappointing to be honest with you. Uh, but there are some different cuts out there now that are longer. But part five, Inferno. I just want to just chat about this for a second because you remember you've seen. Inferno, sure. I know you've seen Inferno. I thought Inferno had some really strong elements. It was more to me more of a murder mystery drama than a horror mm-hmm. film, even though it had some very disturbing elements to it. I mean, the en- they introduced the engineer as a character, because the engineer was kind of a... The engineer was a, it was introduced technically, I think, in part two, when when they opened up the hospital wall. Oh, my God, yeah. And she, Chris, mm-hmm. Kirstie ran down the... She w- went into the wall, and that thing chased her down the hallway, and they, they I think that is the engineer, actually. Um but, yeah, that was the first uh, kind of incarnation of yeah, the, the, of the, the, the engine. title engineer. And part five showcases the engineer. And I thought there was some really just brilliant stuff done. I mean, as far as showing how brutal this character was, right? There's just this, the stories you, you know, hunt for the engineer and the engineer hunts for you and things like that. I mean, they made it out to be, he was like the ultimate badass. <laughs> mm-hmm. I thought that was a really powerful. And, and didn't it turn out that uh, the engineer was actually pinhead all along? Yeah. If I remember right with that one. Basically. It, yeah. What I did like about uh, Inferno was the fact that it seemed more like the uh, graphic novels that came out after Hellraiser two. Uh, there was a series of that Marvel Marvel Comics put out under. Um, I think they had like a, a daughter company called Epic Comics. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they released a bunch of graphic novels that continued the Hellraiser story from Hellraiser Two. This is before Hellraiser Three came out, so that's all the lore that they had to draw upon yeah, for those yeah. first two movies. And uh, and so a lot of the stories were very similar to. Uh, it, it seems like Inferno could have been one of those. Uh, graphic novel stories, uh, it, just the, the atmosphere of it and the way it was told. So I, I, I dug it for that. Yeah, yeah. It, it was a true, tra- it was a total tragedy type story. Um, 
you know, I did. I left that one with uh, with. A, I mean, I felt something when I left that one. I mean, I didn't. I didn't feel much when I left three. It was more of a to me. It was more of a parody type film on on the series. Right. Four, I did enjoy. I mean, and it, we'll stop at five. But four, I did enjoy. I I did think you know. Going, cr- traveling across time, I thought that was a really cool idea, and going into the future and stuff like that. I thought that was a neat idea, also. So, I mean, to me, going all the way up to five, those were all pretty damn good movies. With I should say, three was a little, little goofy for me personally, but I did enjoy the variety. <laughs> Let's say sure. it, it was fun. It was a fun. Yeah, that's where I that's where I draw upon the only thing I really liked about was the idea of this this gallery pyramid gallery. So that's where I get uh, my. Uh, the name of, of my business is from Hellraiser 3 from the yes. Pyramid Gallery. Yes, exactly. Uh, yeah, that's where they do get that big statue and stuff like that, and we, we know the whole story mm-hmm. from there. But yeah, you're right. That's where the Pyramid Gallery does make its first its first appearance uh, is, in, is in Hellraiser 3. But yeah, so I mean, that's kind of uh, the series. We've talked about it before, but I mean, it's always... it's. I can talk about this stuff nonstop. I can just sit here and chat about Hellraiser, but there's some other <laughs> stuff we wanted to talk about tonight, though, too. Um, so when we were getting ready to do this thing, we, you know, what do we want to chat about here? And one of the things you said to me, Max, and you did say, you know, I'm surprised I didn't mention this to you before. You have a ghost story. You, there's something. I, I mean, I, I don't want. I don't want to minimize. Oh, yeah, you have a ghost story. I have. This is you, my third time on Ghostly Talk, and yeah. so it's, it's surprising that I've never mentioned this ghost story before because I think we've just mainly centered on Hellraiser, which yeah. itself, if you take the first Hellraiser movie, it's a ghost story of sorts. It's about a, a, a spirit that's inhabiting the woodwork of the, uh, you know, the, the attic of this house. Yeah, yeah, and that it slowly materializes through, uh, you know, the consumption of flesh. Yes. Uh, you know, this entity known as uh, Uncle Frank, who's escaped hell. So it's, it's, it's somewhat linked to uh, a ghost story. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, when I was a child, like the age of 10, I lived in um, uh, Kansas City. Um, and uh, this, I lived in an old house, that old colonial-style house, that, um, that I'm not sure when it was built. But... Um, Anyway, during it, it, it was a, I had this lovely big park. It was it's on this um, this uh, avenue called the Paseo here in Kansas City, and uh, it had this. Uh, it was adjoined to a big park that was behind uh, my house, and then the park was connected to this huge cemetery. Yeah, but um, so uh, growing up uh, at nights, for whatever reason, I would have trouble going to sleep, and the reason is because I would start hearing noises. You know, and, and I'm a fairly imaginative person, so that's uh, you know later in life I chalked all of this up to my imagination because I would hear screams during the night. I would hear people being amputated in room, in, in other rooms uh, adjoining my room. I would hear people uh, being drugged up the stairs that were that seemed to be wounded, and uh, and and you know obviously you know this is horrifying, but I. It, you know, it was, uh, so it was something for me. I, I I just did not know what where this was coming from. But it was, and and then I also would see um, I could see people like shadowy figures in the hallway because my room would look, look down the hallway. You know, my open door looked down to a hallway, and I would often see people moving to and fro during the night. Yeah. So it was like you know. So anyway, I gave all this up as just being over um, imaginative until around 2005 or six, I think, when Google Earth um, first came out. Um, Google Earth being this program where you can, you know, look at, uh, you know, the, the 
the geography and, and it's a commu- it was community based where people would uh, put pins in and, and write little notes. And so the cemetery that was behind my house, I did not know was actually uh, at, uh, an old battlefield for um, the civil war, which uh, it was called the, the battle of uh, Byram's Ford. And it's, it was this, it was one, it was the deciding battle for the civil war. Um, and so the, the cemetery was a huge battlefield where all these bodies were. So it, it was so weird for me to, because I, I had no connection to the Civil War before that. I had no interest in the Civil War as a child either. But uh, I never, what I was experiencing at this house seemed to be like a hospital of some sort. Uh, and so uh, it was it just, it's, it was crazy for me to make a connection that there was an actual battlefield in this uh, cemetery behind my house. And yeah. then the connections to hearing this stuff was just amazing to me. So I, I, I don't really follow ghosts. I'm, I'm actually kind of, not even a big believer in ghosts, but this kind of turn, turned my head on all that because of the connections of these experiences I had as a child in that house. So, yeah. Go ahead. Well, and as, as Max is saying that, describing his experiences, and he says like screams, amputations, I was like, oh, he, Civil War, Civil War battlefield. <laughs> like, that, was, that was my first yeah, thought. Yeah. My it, first it, thought. Yeah, that's like, I never even following. I, 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 I like like ancient Greece and yeah. Egypt and things like that as a child. I never, anytime that, that my history classes would go into the Civil War, I was just rolling my eyes. Like, it was just boring to me. But, right. uh, I, I never even knew there was a connection to Kansas City in the Civil War, but uh, doing my history afterwards, I found out it was a huge connection. So, how long did this happen when you were a little kid? Was this something that just a few a few weird dreams or experiences, or did it continue for a while? It. I had several experiences in the house, uh, probably from the age of ten to twelve. I, I think uh, it was more like uh, probably when I was younger, but. Uh, uh, yeah, again, I just chalked it all up to my imagination uh, at the time. And, and it could have been during, like you said, you mentioned a dream. Maybe I was dreaming at all. It's, and so I, is there a connection to actually, uh, to, uh, you know, like ghosts and dreams? Oh, yeah. Or is that oh, a yeah. way of exploring? Um, that's what, that's what was my questions for you guys, since you guys have spent so much time studying this stuff, is, what is the connection between the, the dream state and, and ghosts? Uh, is, is that a well, form of it, connection? Yeah, for sure. Because I, I, I believe a lot of this stuff is related to consciousness. And mm-hmm. when you start to when you sleep, you know, you're, that's when your your mind slips into all the different, you know, your your delta waves, theta waves. You start to go deeper. A lot of us, we've all had those waking dreams where you're starting to fall asleep. And then things are kind of like you're sort of like one foot in reality, one foot in the dream world, and things kind of get right. like weird. And something might really wake you up suddenly, and you don't know where you are for a minute. Well, the like other, that kind right. of stuff. But that's where I feel like our consciousness is sometimes slipping into something else, and that's when our brain frequencies kind of just—it's like we're turning the dial a bit, and we can start to tune in to different things. And I think with especially Civil War things and historical stuff, why so many people will report feeling or seeing those just out of the blue. Like you said, hey, I wasn't a kid that was a, you know, I'm still not a big believer in ghosts or anything. It wasn't my jam. But you had that experience and it felt real to you. And so I think a lot of people on this planet, they experience those because somehow we tap into something that exists on this planet that is like, it's basically like there's there's a record of history out there. 
and we mm-hmm. can just like a radio go, woo, 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 you know, turn over the 104.5 and all of a sudden we got the Civil War channel and we're experiencing right. and, and, and re, like, it, you know, it's, it's like coming at us like music. And I, I feel yeah. like that is where kind of the ghost world for me, at least in my experience, where it, it kind of is. It's not all just, oh, you were actually experiencing a dead person wandering around screaming because of their amputation. Like it's there's something left behind that people tune into. Well, I mean, on that thread, too, as, as I was thinking, of, you were talking, I was thinking about this, Amber, uh, when it comes to dreams, too, I don't know about you, Max, but this is a question for you. Have you ever had a dream that you're dreaming and you wake up and it's an impression? It's it's a feeling. It's something that uh, you believe. Like it may it may be a feeling of dread uh, because of something, right? And I can't. And the reason mm-hmm. I'm being I'm not trying to be vague, but I've had these dreams where I'm experiencing something. Where I mean, I, we've t- Amber and I have exchanged stories like this. You know, like oh, they couldn't believe what I dreamed about. And it'll be a story like, well, so I was at this hotel, uh, and it, but this hotel was uh, a hotel for nothing but blind people. Like, like there's some weird thing thrown in there, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an impression, right? It's and it's not something that you see either. It's not something that, that's put right in front of you. It's a feeling that you have. Like you, you didn't see blind people walking around this hotel. You just know it. You just know it, right? Right. So going along that thread, that's exactly that is exactly how I. Uh, had the impression of it being a, um, uh, like an infirmary or a hospital. I knew that that's what that what it was what I was experiencing. Yeah, you, it's funny because the the house was built like in the 1900s, so it it wouldn't have been there during uh, it wouldn't have, uh, the house wouldn't have existed during the Civil War. Yeah. But it was definitely the, it was on the battlefield. Yeah. So it, the house was built after the fact, but uh, still, it's, it was amazing to me that there was this. Uh, this huge uh, determining battle for the Civil War in my backyard, basically. Well, you didn't. And you didn't. That's just the point there in the dream. It sounds like you. So you're you're dream, you're in the dream state. You're walking around. You don't walk up to a, a sign that says this is a hospital or you know so and so's hospital, whatever it might be, or infirmary. Right. This is a, this is an mm-hmm. infirmary. Right. You, you don't see a sign that says that, but where you're at, you just know it. It's this impression you have. Right. And that's the point I'm I, I'm making is that I've had a lot of dreams like that where I'm somewhere and I just know certain the impression is just there, and maybe that right. is what Amber was talking about. Is it's just Maybe when you go into a dream state or you go to sleep, the melatonin kicks in and you go down and you actually go into real sleep. That's where you maybe you're accessing something that we don't really understand yet. Is that was that where kind of you were going with Amber? Yeah. But don't sound so that confident. Whole idea, will you? <laughs> that whole idea of like a a, a memory, um, you know, this this thing that's uh, basically telling a story through these memories that are leaving impressions. That's always seemed like a possibility for me in that sense that there's these memory pockets exactly. that we can yeah. uh, wander into, you know? Yeah, exactly. And, and, and that's, that's the, the weird paranormal part of it is like, how do our brains tune into that? Uh, if we could learn how to harness that all the time, we could walk around and like, look at time, like look in the past all the time. Yeah. Uh, I mean, at least positive things. I don't always want to see like screaming people and, you know, bad things. Right. Like something right. cool. Like I just want to see a dinosaur. 
Uh, well, maybe that's what explains a, a ghost sighting that we're talking about. Because I think what, it does. Max, what, yeah, with what you're saying, Max, with residual. Is, well, yeah. Well, what you're saying, Max, is you know where you were where you were living at the time. There was you know some heavy stuff that went down there. Obviously, a battle, which is pretty heavy stuff. A lot of emotions, a lot of death too. Right. So it's no doubt yeah, a lot gonna, of tra- lot of trauma. Yeah, no doubt going to leave some type of impression in the environment. And if let's say, and this is all hypothetical, of course, if there is a way. That you're able to tap into that. Like, it leaves an impression. There's just, it, I mean, I don't want to go too 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 nerdy here, but assuming that we have the many universes, and that's a big hot topic nowadays, is the idea of many universes, many different worlds, all coexisting at one time. Uh, is it is it what we're accessing different timelines, or are we accessing the past? I mean, I don't really know myself, but is the, the component, the way to access it, some different way we have to make our mind work, where it may be something where we're tapping into our unconscious through sleep, and that's where we can start to see these things or start getting these impressions, so to say, right? And like Amber said, mm-hmm. if you master that, we harness that power, there may be ways where we could go and look at these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, or... Um, yeah, just tap into that thing, I guess. I, don't, I mean, and again, I'm talking, I'm throwing, I, I'm spitballing these ideas right now, literally, as we speak. But that <laughs> that is the idea, though. That really is what it is. is it, can can you see these things? And yeah, that's that's going to that other well, point. Like what a ghost sighting really is. Like what we what a classic ghost sighting is. So I was walking down the street, and um, I just saw this old man in a suit walk across the street. And he kept walking, and he just seemed to vanish right in front of my eyes. Well, how the hell does that happen? Well, and unfortunately, like Max's experience, a lot of the times people tap into this, unfortunately, it is negative. You know, you're they're experiencing something traumatic from the past. It's not just like, oh, I dreamt last night about a random kid's birthday party that used to live in my house. He turned 15. You know, like there's not yeah, nothing, like nothing exciting. The cake something... was vanilla. It looked good. I wanted some, but it's like <laughs> we we couldn't. You you don't. That doesn't happen. It's like always something traumatic. So there's. I think that's part of the equation as well. Is that something traumatic leaves something extra behind? Uh, and it, and if you think about like when you get angry, like people always say, like you you can feel when anger's been in a room when two people have been arguing. If two people have been laughing in the room, you don't walk in and go like, oh, I feel something weird in here. Two people were just laughing. You know, it's like you feel if it's if people were <laughs> well, getting it's always, angry, it's always, it's the, always the anger. Shitty negative yeah, it's always, it's always the anger. So yeah, there, there's yeah. something to be said with maybe maybe our brains release something, too, that that we pick up on that because that would be a danger signal to us. If you're going back to primitive times, you need to know, like, if there's some angry, like other cavemen around fighting, like. Get away, get away. Well, you're, talking you're talking about fight or flight. Well, sure, sure. Like, so you would need to pick up on that a little bit versus just, you know, people laughing and doing their thing. Like, that's not a threat. So I, I don't know. There, It's weird stuff to think about, but I, I really do think that that's, that's sort of the direction. At least my brain's been going the past few years. Well, in battle. Go, go ahead, Max. Were you going to say? I was just going to say, I always wondered if maybe it's just if it was uh, just stimulated by childhood fears of the dark and things like that, maybe that's, maybe it just kind of escalates. Maybe that's how my, my mind works is that maybe just even just the fear, something simple as fear of the dark could lead to opening up a channel to, uh, you know, something like that. Instead, like you said, instead of experiencing laughter or a birthday party, uh, maybe because my mind was already uh, when I was going to sleep because of the dark even, that maybe that's what kind of 
tune me into that channel that we're, you know, that we're kind of talking about that's more based on fear rather than love or something like that, you know? Well, yeah, and, and that could fuel that, no doubt. And, that, and that's my opinion only, that, and that's only, that's speaking from experience too, because I had those same impressions and feelings when I was younger also, Max. There was times when I was in my bedroom uh, and I would just, it's dark, and there's all these, you know, your eyes start to readjust and, and change and you start seeing these shapes in your room and you start wondering what the hell those things actually are when all it is is a typewriter in your room or something like that. But in the dark and right. you're seven or eight years old, that is no <laughs> doubt uh, 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 the evil Gila monster from hell that's going to eat your face yeah, off or whatever. that's not a typewriter anymore. <laughs> it's not a typewriter anymore. It's something else. Uh, obviously, mm -hmm. Steven Spielberg, speaking of movies, you know, made, made, made fun of, not made fun of that, but made some genius stuff work on that very premise if a child's mind mm -hmm. uh, in the, in the right. film Poltergeist, obviously. But I mean, I, but that's a very real thing, though. And what I think that can, to me, I guess it can go two ways. It could go um, where, you know, maybe that energy that you're ramping up, that your little adolescent mind is ramping up, could manifest these things or create these impressions. Uh, and there, And to me, that's very real. It's very real. It isn't just something that it's just made up. It's a, it's a real thing that's happening. Uh, on the other hand, it could just be, and I'm not taking anything away from anybody's story here whatsoever. Uh, it could be the adolescent mind going into overdrive. And as we know, I mean, I deal with anxiety. <laughs> uh, the mind starts right. to spin up and, st and with anxiety, especially it starts to spin up and you feel like you're flying out of control very, very quickly, right? And young yeah. children, they have that same type of response when they're scared because they don't understand the world around them too much, right? So it's easy to be scared like that. So maybe it is just simply fear. And then the mind starts to manufacture these different impressions, screams, yells, you know, people in agony that's, and things like that. That's exactly what I thought that all that was. And I'm not saying it wasn't that. Yeah, I, yeah, I think yeah. it, it probably was that, but for, it just, it just, when I, discovered you know these um these community uh um you know uh, bookmarks on on google earth that actually indicated this huge battle it was just like a huh that's really interesting yeah, because i know that's, that's of the experiences yeah that's too much of a of a coincidence oh, I, 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 on that one I, yeah like yeah, i'm I'm, I'm gonna be in the in the the paranormal camp on that one that it's like oh no i think you had like a paranormal experience <laughs> Now, I, I, let me get this clear. These were all things you just kind of heard and maybe felt. Did you see anything at all, Max? Like I said, I would I, on different occasions I would experience like shadow figures in the hallway. Okay, yeah, you, you did mention with, shadow you know, figures. And that I'm could sorry. have easily been my parents too, just walking down the hallway during the middle of the night. You know, but uh, it was uh, so I didn't really play up on on what I saw. It was more these these. Um, things that I actually thought I heard. It could have easily been a dream state I was in, because obviously I was in bed, I was, it was dark, yeah. but I would hear these, it was these audible things I would hear coming up the stairs, uh, screams in other rooms, and things like that. So it was like, uh, and nobody else heard it in my, in my house. It was just always just me. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so again, I just wrote it up exactly like you said it, that it was just something produced by my own fears, the fear yeah. of the dark, you know, for many years until I, discovered the uh, the history behind the uh, graveyard behind my house well i'll share one with you while we're talking about this stuff i just thought about this in the court this course middle of this discourse and amber i i meant to mention this to you but what a better place than to do it on the air uh so <laughs> yeah. 
So we have the the two bedrooms in the back of the uh, of the house we live in here in beautiful Michigan, and there's the two master bedrooms in the back of the house, and they're across the hallway from each other. And this was maybe about a week ago. Uh, we were doing our usual chores around here, uh, just uh, cleaning and whatnot. And I was in the one master bedroom, and th- this is one of the. And this is nothing dramatic, right? This is this shows you how how simple and how slight this stuff can be. I turned around and I saw you walk into the other bedroom across the hallway. And I walked across the hallway to ask you a question, and I walked, and I looked, and you weren't there. You saw my doppelganger, and you just now you're telling me about it? Well, I it? forgot about it, right? <laughs> How do you forget about that? Well, and, and it wasn't that, Okay, let me be clear. I, I saw something go into the bedroom, and I'm just- Oh, as, great. So there's a ghost in my bedroom. So, I mean, just assuming, just assuming for a second- I just assumed it was you. So I'm like, well, there's Amber. She's just running around the house like a maniac like she normally is. What if I told you there's something walking around the house? Well, I saw this and I literally walked in the bedroom and I was like, where the fuck is she at? And then I came out. You were in the kitchen with a piece of meat in your mouth. Oh. Like, hey, what's going on? Yeah. Sounds right. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, but I'm like, and that was something that just happened like a week ago. Um, and it just was some weird little, and it, it was very slight. That's why I See, just, and didn't I say that a few episodes back that I was seeing some stuff, like I'd be downstairs and there was something just flitting like across the stairs. I'd actually go up and look. I'm pretty sure I mentioned that on the show, didn't I? You did mention yeah. that a while ago. Yeah. And so I was getting up and thinking it was the cat and it wasn't. And I'm like, this is weird. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I don't know what's going on. But okay, so now you've been duped. But <laughs> but if it was my doppelganger. Yeah, ah. I, I, I don't know. Hmm. It's a, it was, again, well, I, I want to make the point, though, still that it wasn't anything. It was just, well, I just turned around and saw something well, isn't that, the, isn't that weird, though, how quickly the, the the rational mind just kind of puts it to bed? Like, oh, well, I don't well, know what I saw. Been doing I'm this just shit for keep 20 going years back and he, doing my normal thing. Yeah. And it, like, well, <laughs> no, and I'm glad I remembered it. It was something I meant to talk about. It huh. just, we got we were busy with stuff, and it just it got... I'm not too busy if I was just in the kitchen eating meat. I, I, something else was going on. I don't know. Huh. I mean... It, the point is, I'm mentioning it now. Don't okay. get don't get angry at me. All right. Well, next time it happens. But no, it, I think it's those things like little things like that, though, Max. I mean, that, that's just to me, uh, you know, it just something I thought I just thought of that happened recently, and it, it wasn't anything major. It was just this little thing I saw and went to investigate, and I'm like, oh, there's no one actually here. What the heck? What's the deal with that? Mm-hmm. Right? It wasn't anybody screaming? Wasn't anybody screaming in agony or anything like that? <laughs> no, it's not nearly as dramatic, right? Uh, but that goes back to the point that well, wait a minute, so. You mentioned a minute ago, Amber, and I think we all kind of commented on this, that a lot of these ghost stories we hear about are people's stories and stuff like that. They're all tied to something something, something more negative. Yeah. Well, I don't... How much negativity is around this, around this house, I guess? That's the question. Well, yeah, and I don't think it always has to be. There, there are a lot of people that just experience things like just an apparition walking by. You know, like the, the classic ladies in white. <laughs> In the cemeteries, you know, it's just whoosh, the, right. the ghostly hitchhiker, they, they pick her up. She's beautiful. She's like, oh, I'm just coming back from the dance. What? And psh, she's gone. And so I mean, not all of it. Tell them large Marge sent you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay, all right. All right. So <laughs> not all of it is super negative. Of course, we focus on that. And when you think about our, our horror movies, they're always, I mean, can you think of one positive ghost story besides Casper? Like what about ghost itself? No, that was a that guy sad. was he was murdered. Yeah, I mean I can't I'm, really think of a of a 
You mean like a ghost just story? Just a happy, well, they're all, fun No, they're, they're all like around just some weeping woman in a room with a white dress on or something, it's, you know, because her lover died or some, you know, I mean. It's, or it's disturbing or creepy or they're, you know, walking backwards or, you know. Sometimes there's just, the, you know, like lights, like, like whether it's orbs or, yeah. um, you know, electrical problems, things like that, that, uh, you know, that don't really have necessarily a, a negative uh, connotation but uh yeah it's 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 strange you know that the uh, when you said is there any positive uh, ghost stories that's really i'm thinking that i might i could probably dredge one up if i really thought about it. i'm just trying to think of one right now i'm, I'm, go- I'm googling anything. this thing what the hell i'm just gonna here we go google like top 10 happiest ghost happy, movies no, or stories <laughs> happy ghost story ghost movie movie story I, I, so Story. I guess you could say like a Christmas Carol or, or a yeah yeah that's is, true but that also that the, the first uh, apparitions were uh, somewhat negative too the that he experienced yeah uh, well he had negative experiences for him to see get perspective on his life yeah right they were right him, which then is which I was, guess overall was a positive experience for him well it, so it ends well you gotta break you gotta break an egg if you want to make an omelet. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only way I can really explain that. I mean, uh, the Happy Ghost, nineteen eighty four. The Happy directed Ghost. by Clifton Kochi Shum. What I Ooh. from a camping trip, a college girl took home an ancient rope to use to keep her torn backpack in place, not knowing it was used by a disgraced scholar to hang himself with dick. Okay, that's already negative stuff. To forget it. <laughs> that's not <a> happy. <laughs> I can't find any stories about uh, happy ghost stories. As far as just you know, a story like you said, Amber. Like oh, it's ghost. I think there was some goofier ones from like the forties and fifties, and I can't think of what their names are right now. Oh, it's- right, the, the television show. There was a. a- story about that two ghosts that was basically a, a, a happy story i can't remember the name of it well, wait a minute um, wait, hang on. I, well go ahead max i didn't mean to interrupt you go ahead no i was just saying there, there was a television show that they had on like the 50s that what about, was creep about show? two ghosts well not, not creep show um oh my god how am i forgetting this how am i totally for, not creep show creep show is completely insane um <laughs> what movie am i thinking uh, beetlejuice Oh, well, okay, I don't consider that a ghost story. I consider that a fantasy movie. They're ghosts. Yeah, but... They're I, ghosts. Yeah, but I... I yeah. They, but they are ghosts. But they died in a car accident. Oh, you're right. They did die in a car accident, yeah. And then they're doomed to eternity to, like, have to, you know, live with Michael Keaton and live in an attic. <laughs> but it kind of ends nice because the little girl, because she can see them. Yeah, and they all live happily ever, ever I after. I mean, it's fine, but... Well, they all end that way, kind of. You, know, you get past the. You, you get past. Once the, you, you get know, past the fact you're dead, yeah, it gets better. Okay, so that I guess <laughs> that was as close as I could get is Beetlejuice. No, Beetlejuice, and those are fun. Those are fun movies. So if we're gonna look at like what's fun and not just straight up depressing, I guess yeah. Which I do. I do love that movie. Okay, I can't think of anything though. I'm See, totally... I'm trying to look at stuff and I can't remember so this this one guy. Like there was a lot of stuff back in the day, but I it, that was a little more hokey. The, oh boy. Well, yeah, I remember the name of that television show. Now it was called Topper from the fifties. It was uh, about two uh, married couple that were ghosts. Topper. And I think Topper. it was uh, yeah Topper. I think it was really lighthearted. It was you know it, so I don't think there was much negative negativity besides the fact that they were dead. <laughs> Holy crap! Yeah, Topper, nineteen fifty three to nineteen fifty five, a TV series. American fantasy sitcom television series based in 1937, based on the 1937 film Topper, 
which was based on two novels. Oh, I didn't Top- know there's a film. Yeah, based on two novels, Topper and Topper Takes a Trip by Thorne Smith. The series was broadcast on CBS from October 9th, 1953 to July 15th, 1955. Uh, yeah, that'd be kind of cool to watch. I mean, um, I mean, I mean, it's got to be on YouTube. It does sound cool. They, that's got to be somewhere that they haven't they haven't struck yeah, it down yet. That was one I I don't even know if I've ever watched that. But I know I remember my parents talking about it all the time. So it was, it was one of those things be, before my time. Well, yeah, um, before all of our time. The, the, show, <laughs> the, the, time the one ago. I was thinking of from the '60s, the Ghost and Mister Chicken, Don Knotts. The Ghost and oh, Mister yeah. Chicken. That's yeah. A good one. So like these goofy, quirky comedies. Like, I think there's a lot of that these throughout the decades. That was one where they uh, actually uh, blended animation in with the, the, uh, <laughs> with the, you know, the actual film. That was one of those original um, the movies that okay. did that. That was actually really good. So, so I guess it's like both. It can't be somewhere in the. Well, let's be. Let's be. We're making a movie. You're writing a book. You're, you're well, telling you a story. Well, you have to die to become a ghost. So, well, but yeah, but I'm, <laughs> but but like. You know, you can't really ride the middle line on that because that's not a very exciting story. No. So it has to be one side. It has to be one extreme or the other. It either has to be completely depressing or it has to be slapstick, hilarious, funny. Yeah. So, I mean, well, I mean, let's be, I mean we're telling it. We're, assuming you're just telling a story, a ghost story, right? What kind of ghost story is going to be so... So and so lived in his house. He worked for he worked for EDS for thirty years, and he retired from EDS. And he lived about twenty years in retirement. And well, he just got sick one day and got got you know got the flu and it just he got sick. But he and he died in in a hospital with his whole family there, and they all said goodbye, Grandpa, goodbye, Father, and all them things. And he passed on with a smile on his face and said goodbye. I love my family. And and story cut. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, they're going to be like, nice that's story. like everyone's story. <laughs> it's a nice story. Yeah. But it's not, you know, something that, I mean, we're talking about entertainment now. Yeah. Right? That's not going to really, right. that's not going to wow people. No. I'm sorry, Amber. I mean, it'd be. No, I know. I understand. I understand. I guess it just, my point was that just, yeah, it, a lot of negativity around the ghost stuff, but well, it has to it, be there, I guess. Well, and, and you're right. Well, and you're, and I think you already said, Amber. I'm going to start that market, the positive ghost story. I'm gonna like. Oh look, I'm dead! Awesome. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna somehow flip. I'm just gonna make. I'm gonna make this big. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, but it does have to. You, you got to die to get there. Yeah. And I think people to to, to dissect that for a second. Die, get it? Dissect. Huh. Yeah, I mean, funny. No. Uh, so, <laughs> to, to dissect that for a second, though, I mean, I think a lot of people's impressions of what death is still, at least in our society, people don't. When the term death is brought up or those impressions they're generally not very positive for most people people don't want to die i think or maybe people or i've always said i don't think people necessarily are are, have an issue with death itself it's how they're going to die right uh and that's that's, that scares people too but also i think i don't think people think about death too i mean i think a lot of people when they may be facing it that's when they start to reflect and go oh my god i've you know i've been a total shitbag my whole life i've done this i've done that i've you know i really wish i could have righted those wrongs i don't think a lot of people think about those things but there's a lot of emotions attached to the idea of death so those negative connotations and things like that that we have we don't celebrate death like i think older cultures did i think i don't think us our contemporary society, we think we're going to live forever, I think. And we don't celebrate it or respect it, I think, that that other societies or cultures have done in the past. I mean, what do you think about that, Amber? Yeah, we kind of sweep death under the rug. 
We do. Well, yeah. You know, it's we, very institutionalized. You, you leave it in the hands. You pay someone to take care of it for you. It's it's not it's, – it's definitely been taken out of the house like back in the day. Yeah. Uh, you had your – which I found interesting. You, the living room is called the living room because that's where the living would go to hang out because your parlor and your your other areas were where you would have, like, dead people in your house when they died because yeah. you would have yeah. your viewings, you know, that's that's where they were in the house. You didn't have a, a, yeah. a you know, convenient funeral home down the road that was going to do everything. And um, so I found that was interesting for the origin of the word living room because yeah. I, I always thought it was just like, well, because I live in this room well, a lot. Well, yeah, it's a living room. there's a TV yeah. in here. I don't know. But yeah. that, it goes back to then. But um, I'm, I'm old hmm. enough to have actually experienced a funeral like that, too. In someone's house? Yes. Ooh, when did this happen? My great-grandfather. Where? That was in, that was in Putnam County, Tennessee. Oh, uh, well, in the and, south, I think you saw some of that more because well, you're that, not that, that been, old. <laughs> I'm not saying. I didn't say See, my mom's My mom's family's from uh, Newfoundland, and they would have uh, – that was – regular they would have the wakes at the house and there would be a big party actually and the person would be laid out on the couch you know wow. right there in front of everybody and everybody be you know eating drinking dancing even you know it was uh, that was just the way they did it uh, uh, for ages you know uh, in newfoundland yeah this was like 1982 i think i was only like six or seven years old when this happened when, it, when my great-grandfather passed away and um uh, I remember that very vividly. It was because he had a little. I mean, it was not. It wasn't a little house by any means, but it didn't have like what you're referring to, like like the living room and then the family room. Is that what they? Is that the what they, parlor. The par, the, the Paula. Paula. We have a Paula. Um, <laughs> so I mean, he only really had one, what you'd call a living room, like, that, and that's where we'd watch TV and, and stuff at when I would go down there. Uh, so it was, you know, in the main room, front room of the house, and the, but it wasn't on the couch. It was in, He was actually in a casket, like a full-blown oh, casket wow. on a stand, the works, and it was like no different than being in a funeral parlor, I guess. Uh, but he was in the living room of his house, and I didn't really think about it too much when I was a kid because I was dumb little kid i didn't know anything was going on now i'm like oh wow that was that because i hear about what you're talking about amber and i go oh yeah that i experienced that before when i was very young so yeah it's definitely different now i mean it's all handled by outside sources i guess like you said amber yeah and i think a lot of more a lot more people are doing alternative uh burials like you know getting turned into trees for real like you get i want that that's cool you can do that uh you can get um literally thrown into a grave or well an open area and just let your body rot naturally that's a thing um, wow you can yeah, that's what i want to come by and see my loved one just you well it's not a visiting it's not it's not open for visitors it's a big terrarium or whatever um and also i think some of that is they actually uncle, uncle, Fred, uncle fred's got a plant growing out the side of his head today it's no so no cool. and i think i've heard some of these are open to uh like you're sort of donating your body to science a bit because yeah yeah they study that so people in forensics can learn like, oh, that took Amber uh, three three months to get that way, and so that like it's a it's a study for some. So you can donate your body to science in that way. Donate um, your body to. But more people. Something that's way more uh, accessible these days. I, my mom used to horrify me as a kid, telling me that her wishes uh, when she died was to be cremated. Yep. And that, that I just I, I just thought that was offensive. But now it's like my wife's uh, parents passed away. Both of them were cremated. You know, it's a lot cheaper than the, the, the you know the actually tearing a body into the into the ground. I mean, and so I'm I'm way more open to uh, cremation now than I was when I was a child. You know. Oh yeah, totally. And I think I think the idea of burying a body in the ground while it's beautiful, it's poetic, it's a show of respect. 
also, I think. And those those things, I think, are all very much a well and lie. But I think it's just we'll, we might get to a time here, depending on where we're going as a society. And that's a very relative term right now because of the way things are going these days. But I think it may just not be a practical thing to do down the it's road. Not. It won't be a practical thing. We're going to run out of space. They already had. They already ran out of space back in the day in Europe. That's why, like. There's the whole catacombs in Paris. Yeah. Because the bodies were building up and literally falling into the streets from like the church graveyards that ha- that were that were feet above the, the the sidewalk. They were so tall because oh, and of course the corrupt church people they would just like you know hey you want to be buried here okay and they would just keep putting people on top of each other like cause they would just keep <laughs> taking more money you know so like that that already happened in Europe and that's why they started developing. Um, the catacombs and like garden cemeteries like we need we need pretty cemeteries the victorians did that but then our garden cemeteries are sprawling and take up a lot of space so it's well, like it's not practical so yeah now it's that idea is kind practical. of you know i think gonna change with time and yeah just, yeah more people practical. are choosing cremation yeah yeah totally as far as space uh, here in kansas city there's a cemetery where they bury people uh, not laying down but uh, uh standing straight up but where the, all the graves are um uh, you know, uh, laid out that way, which is the only place I've seen that uh, so far. But it's, it's an interesting because you know it's all about uh, conserving space. Yeah, which that makes total sense mm-hmm. to dig the hole that way. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's not really that's we're... depressing. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Where? How did we turn this way? Dang it! See, we're talking hey, about ghosts. We said we were. Doorway, you know, <laughs> I mean, my, my comfort with death is the fact that this is just. A, it's a doorway. You know, it's it's it's, it's if there's something beyond, then that, that it is truly a doorway. If there's nothing beyond, then it is very final. Yeah, yeah and we know? won't know anyway. Uh, I think that's I think that's the terror of death is the fact of it being so final, uh, regardless of whether yeah. you know we exist beyond or not. That, well, it's the fact that we just so. don't know after. All these years of people trying to figure it out, we still don't know anything about it as far as what could happen afterwards. And that's obviously why there's shows like Ghostly Talk out there and lots of other shows that talk about this stuff. Uh, and and, and why, I don't know. why horror movies and, and movies like that continue to, to be like one of the top? Well, yeah. Like, well, okay. So this thing, this thing died and it, you know, it turned into a monster that eats things. You know, yeah. I mean, th- this is what this thing's death was, right? Uh, it does explain that to a certain degree. Well, and, and, ghost and, stories just themselves. This is what they. This is what we look like after we die. We look like these. Well, things. and like horror movies are like riding a roller coaster. You know, it's like it's safe, right? Supposedly. So you you know you're you're plugged into the to the well. Actually, the most terrifying coaster was that Millennium Force at Cedar Point. I don't need to do that again. Never again. That was. <laughs> I like coasters, but that one was the first time I ever rode a coaster, and I was like, nope. I'm good. I don't need to go on this again. <laughs> this this is it for me. So I, but like you get this safe thrill, yeah, like, yeah. and I think you get that safe thrill from watching horror movies too, because you can see like, you know, death and murder and killing and gore, and it's still safe from your chair. Yeah, and yeah. you can kind of experience these really spooky, obscene um, topics like that, and kind of think about them. But safely, you know, you're it's not the safe. one being, you're not, no, it's, it's, yeah, you're it's not the thrill. one being chased with a chainsaw. No, it's, you know? a, it's a thrill. It's a total thrill. Max, thank you so much. 
It's been so good talking to you oh. again, man. Uh, hey, man, thank you. Yeah, thanks for dropping out here and talking to us because it's always good to talk Hellraiser with you. And I'm glad we got to talk about some other stuff here. This is super cool. Man. Well, and Max, I, yeah. I, know, I know we had talked briefly before we started uh, recording the show that you are still making yeah, your, oh, your yeah. beautiful thank boxes. You. Yeah. And I know you said you're having a problem with some things like right now because of the whole COVID and, you know, annoying thing and getting uh, products and, yeah, and annoying, stuff. This is annoying you know, pandemic annoying, we got going on. You know? It's an annoying thing. But you're still producing stuff. Like if someone's like, oh my God, I, you know, they just learned about you right now and they want to get like, you know, the perfect gift for their Hellraiser obsessed friend. You still have some, right? Yeah. yeah, okay. yeah I'm still selling the Lament configuration okay. and the music box form and also uh, just as a solid, uh, you know, museum style display piece. Also, uh, uh, selling another configuration called the Lost Configuration, which was made, by, uh, was designed by uh, Anna Lavat. She, she worked on Hellraiser 2 as part of the uh, special effects team. Uh, so, uh, it, both those are, are big sellers for us. So, yeah, we're still selling those. And uh, it's uh, actually this year has been really good for me so far. So, uh, I, I, you know, I can't say that, uh, uh, you know, that COVID's affected my sales as far as online sales, but it has canceled all my uh, convention um, yeah. uh, appearances. Yeah. And that's where and we've so been that's, saying that, that, that's, that's the big payday actually is going to the convention. So yeah, yeah, that's been cut out. So, uh, and you know, I mean, I'm fine with it. I just, you know, cause I'm not spending uh, money on getting to these conventions anymore. So I can it just totally had to kind of rearrange, uh, you know, my finances a little bit, but uh, it's, uh, it's been uh, it's still doing pretty well as far as online sales. So um, yeah, I'm cool with it. Well, what I'm going to do here, and that you know, that's the one thing we talked about a while ago too, was you know, yeah, we're going to one of these conventions. You're going to get close to Michigan. And I'm going to make sure we get out and, and get to hang out one one night. That's still on the table. Oh, yeah. man. We'll get past this whole pandemic stuff. We're gonna, that's still on the table there, Max. Also, what I'm going to do too, and we did this before. I'm going to the the configuration that you gave us here, which is as I've told you, and I'll tell people because I always tell people that great story about uh, about. You know, thinking being tricked by the pyramid gallery. Well, I'm sorry, pyramid gallery.com, and also how you so generously and graciously gave me one of the lament configurations that you've made. It sits proudly still in my office. Uh, and I want to, awesome. I'm going to shoot another picture of that, I think, for this particular show, just so we have that. Oh, very cool. Yeah, yeah, we did, be we awesome. did it last year, and that thing just demands so much respect in my office that we're going to shoot another picture of it, I think, for this particular show, too. So I can't thank you enough for that still. That was years ago now, Max, but still, that's one of the greatest things anybody's ever done for me was was you giving me that box, and I really Well, you know, you were the it. first person to reach out and to interview me, you know, uh, so uh, you were my first uh, kind of interview I've ever done. Oh, that's cool. So that's... Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it was just uh, total justice to, to, to send you a box. Uh, not, that's just, not just because of the, the appearance, but because of your experience with the with the gallery and the way you discovered it. It was just so perfect. So, yeah, yeah I totally <laughs> want you to have a, a music box. Absolutely. And, yeah, we'll do this again for sure, Max. We always love having you here, and we're going to do it again for sure. Excellent, man. Go sleep talk! <laughs> Did you ever share this again?